Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 773. And the, the publisher looked at me and he goes, Wes, no is the first maybe. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Wes Eisenchank. Hey, Wes, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I got that five-point harness strapped in, belts are pulled tight, helmets secured. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Wes Eisenchank has successfully reunited dozens of enthusiasts with their lost cars through a dedicated research and an unwavering attitude to never give up. And in 2010, he located the original owner of his father's 1969 Impala SS427 convertible, which was a catalyst for ending the world of automotive archaeology. A car hobbyist himself, Wes enjoys showing his 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner and a 2001 Roush Mustang in local car events. And he's got two books that we're going to be talking about today. The first one, a 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner in detail book, shows all the history, marketing, and options for that car. And his past book, Lost Muscle Cars, includes 45 intriguing stories involving some of the most significant American iron ever created and arms you with some tools to begin your own quest to make the next great discovery in automotive archaeology. And you know what? One fortunate, actually two fortunate Cars Yes subscribers are going to get copies of these books thanks to Wes and CarTech Books. We're going to do a drawing here at Cars Yeah, and to be eligible... You've got to go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, I'll send you my free filler-up ebook, and your name will be in the hat to win one of these very cool books. I have my own copies, they're absolutely spectacular. So Wes, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment to share a little bit more about your career, about your book writing, and your passion for automobiles? Well, I uh, ironically graduated from uh, St. Cloud State here in central Minnesota with a degree in travel and tourism. Well, I quickly transitioned into the world of uh, automotive book publishing. I, uh, I applied for a position at a company called Motorbooks, another automotive book publisher here in Minnesota. And I did so uh, to fill a sales position they had there. And it was for uh, selling classic cars. Uh, books and whatnot to various automotive businesses that resell that kind of thing. And uh, I was there for three, three years or so, and I ended up becoming uh, associated with another book publisher called CarTech Books. And I became a what is called an acquisitions editor, a person who creates book ideas and then contracts authors to bring those books to fruition. Also at CarTech, then I also picked up the pen myself and uh, and penned the, the aforementioned books you discussed, which was 69 Roadrunner in detail and Lost Muscle Cars. Very cool. Well, I'm very aware of motor books. I've had many writers who've uh, penned books at motor books here on Cars. Yeah, we've given away a lot of books, and I'm so happy to see you at CarTech now and here to talk to me about these fantastic books. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life as you move through your career, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning, in your case, smoking, here on Cars Yeah. So, Wes, take the wheel. Well, I was uh, I was sitting at the desk one day with, uh, with the publisher at my aforementioned company, and 
uh, we were discussing trying to connect with uh, a certain automotive manufacturer and uh, and then doing a book with them. And, and I had been having trouble pretty much continuous trying to get that connection started. And I sat down with the publisher and I said, oh, what should I do? I, they, you know, they're not responding. And, and the, the publisher looked at me and he goes, Wes, no is the first maybe. <laughs> and I've used that. Uh, I've used that uh, singular line uh, not so, not so much for you know uh, telling my kids uh, no they can't have a piece of candy. Well, maybe they can, but it's different when you're a parent. It is. It is, and I've been able to use that, um, and and so much so just to conquer things that seem impossible in my life. Whether it's being told that that car doesn't exist and there's no way you're going to find it. Or uh, the details on that information are lost forever. So I've been able to take that mantra and, and apply it across everything. And I've been able to turn a lot of no's into maybe's and then into yes. No is the first maybe. Now, where were you when I was in high school and I was asking girls out? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like I said, it doesn't apply to everything. Just uh, <laughs> keep it to the, the car culture here. Oh, I would have had a lot more dates, I think, if I'd had that attitude. No <laughs> wonder those other guys that always had all the dates, they must have had it figured out long before I got to talk to you here. So that's very cool. Well, how have you incorporated that success quote into your business? Can you give us maybe an example of how you've gotten over that uh, hump of no or no thank you and ended up making something work successfully? Sure. I, uh, As an acquisitions editor, you know, and before that, as being in sales, there was an opportunity to work with uh, Linda Vaughn on a book project. And we've been told over and over that that wasn't going to happen. It was going to you know, be too financially cumbersome. Uh, it was going to be just impossible to do. And true persistence and basically being a cheerleader for Linda, uh, I was able to become the editor of her book. And uh, that book released last November. And it's been very, very successful. Uh, I'm very proud of that, and uh, it just just be, being able to to rub elbows with a an automotive icon like that's just been very humbling. Linda Vaughn, well, she's one that uh, has said a maybe to me to be a guest here on Cars. Yeah, actually, she said she'd love to. She's a very busy lady, and I will eventually get her on the show. But uh, the book you're talking about, Linda Vaughn, the first lady of motorsports. Yeah, she'll be a future guest here on Cars. Yeah, so I'm practicing that mantra that you've taught me. Okay, I'm not going to take no for an answer. <laughs> no is the first maybe. It's the first maybe. Fantastic. <laughs> well, will you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize you were indeed a car guy? I think for most of us, it always starts really young. And for me, I recall being two and a half or three. And we have a small town here called Eden Valley, which is about 45 minutes from Minneapolis. And my grandparents lived there. And my grandpa had uh, had restored cars. And, and we're talking here now in the late 70s. And they had a, a, an annual parade. And grandpa took me in his in his 51 Chevy pickup. And we were just driving down Main Street, Eden Valley, waving to people. And I'm wondering to myself, why are we in a car waving to people in a parade? <laughs> yeah. You know, I look back on that now and I, I understand that those kind of cars are what drive in parades and it's not my daily driver or it's not, you know, the old wreck up behind the shop. It's the fact that somebody took an, an old vehicle, refurbished it and uh, and made it presentable and, and beautiful again. And that's what people were waving at and giving thumbs up to. And you know, I look back at that and, you know, I was no no more than two and a half or three years old, you know, riding my grandpa's pickup in a parade. And uh, that just really, it set the hook. 
You know, I know exactly how you felt because when I was a little boy, my father had a 1949 MGTC and it was a right-hand drive and we would go riding in that car with the top down and people would look at us all the time and I was like, Dad, why is everybody looking at us? And I said, well, this is a unique car. You don't see many of these around. Plus, you're sitting in the driver's seat. They're wondering what a five-year-old, six-year-old kid's doing driving a car. So uh, yeah. I understand 100%. Well, Wes, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a huge challenge or maybe even a great failure to you face along the way with both this book, the 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner and the Lost Muscle Cars book. So take us down that path to that challenging time. Maybe it was just one of these books. It doesn't really matter. What really matters is how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. Sure. The impetus for uh, my book, Lost Muscle Cars, started on on a on a stain table in my dad's pre-finishing shop. My coworker across from me, his name was Pete, had a 66 Barracuda Formula S, and he had been always searching for the past owners of his car. He had reached a what seemed to be an insurmountable hurdle. And it was something that I said, well, Pete, bring in that, uh, that slip of paper that you have uh, it was actually a gas receipt he had found when restoring the car with a signature on it. And uh, and we found the, the gentleman's name on there. And, and it took me almost seven years. But I finally one day uh, delivered to Pete the contact information for the gentleman who used to own his car. Oh, wow. It was sort of, you know, it was the catalyst for the book creation of, of Lost Muscle Cars. And from there, it just became a quest to help all these people who have been looking for their old cars. We're looking for history of their old car and just having there's times where there's 10 year gaps, five year gaps, maybe three month gaps. But uh, when you get to that point where you actually can connect somebody, there's it's very, very rewarding, even yes. if it if, if it doesn't land a penny in your pocket. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll let our listeners know, maybe give us one or two quick tips on if you're trying to find a past owner uh, of your car or whoever ended up with your car years ago when you let it go or anything about a car, what are a couple quick hunting tips that an archaeologist like you uses? Yes. The one thing that you're always going to hear from, I won't say call them naysayers, but people who doubt you is that, you know, it's a needle in the haystack. It's going to be too tough to do, et cetera. Well, the you still have a, beret, a, a nice array of tools that you can use to try to get this accomplished. First, you got to backtrack the history of the car. Now, you get to hurdles, you still know where that person potentially lived and had that car and commuted around in town or went to the diner or whatnot. So you got to try to find a local car club. A local car club will have people that remember the cool cars in town back when they were younger. And I've, I've used that many times, you know, connecting with a local car club to, uh, to present either a, a photo or information on a car. Um, another, another way is, uh, is, and it's really tough to do now, but, um, using the government, government records. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a law passed in 2000, a privacy act law, but if you still got the right connections, if you connect with the right people and you can provide a VIN or something of that nature, uh, you're going to have a, a pretty good high success rate of maybe potentially finding that car. And I've, I've been able to use that um, from time to time to connect some of my friends with their cars. And really, you just you just have to understand that you're going to be in the driver's seat for a long time because information doesn't travel very fast when there's 45, 50 years of, of gaps yes. that you have to fill in. So 
uh, you just definitely have to just have patience on your side. Sure, sure. And I'll mention too, a reminder to our listeners, car clubs are a great way also to find out information about a car you have, to find parts, people who can help you with that car. It is an invaluable resource when you join a car club or even just go to a Cars and Coffee and walk around and find somebody who has a car like the car you're interested in. Start talking to them because I've been connected with people here on Cars Yeah with all sorts of folks that I would have never found. If someone hadn't talked to me, I'd talk to them, they talked to someone else. It becomes like a spider web and everything starts to come together in the center. So those are some really great tips. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a aha moment when you decided to write these books, a time when the headlights came on and kind of gave you a, a path to go down or a new direction. So tell us about your book writing aha moment. Well, there's kind of two, you know, Lost Muscle Cards and, and 69 Roadrunner Detail both sort of have their own little story. And with Lost Muscle Cards, I, you know, I already had sort of mentioned where I'd helped my friend Pete find his car. And that really led into a book pitch at CarTech Books, you know, when we discussed uh, in our roundtable book ideas, um, my my coworkers noticed the passion I had when I was pitching it, and, and they just stopped and looked at me, and they said, why don't you just write it, Wes? And I said, well, why don't I? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was really sort of my aha moment to, you know, I can do this. I can write a book. I'm an enthusiast. I'm a hobbyist. Hey, I may have gotten a B in my English class in college, but uh, yeah, that's what editors are for. Yeah. And we have plenty of those at, plenty of those at CarTech. Uh, with 69 Roadrunner in detail, it really came down to a new book series we developed at CarTech, which is the In Detail series. And with that, we look at sort of the history of the marketing, the options, accessories, and then sort of the lasting legacy of an individual car, whether it be the, the 71 Cuda, the 70 Chevelle SS, or uh, my 69 Roadrunner. You know, we'd, we'd started searching for author candidates and, and being a, a longtime owner now of a 69 Roadrunner 20 plus years. I thought, you know, this, this is something I could tackle. And, and believe me, when you're sticking your foot into the, the Roadrunner pool, uh, there's plenty of other people out there who have a lot of knowledge to share as well. And, you know, I was able to do that by creating a website on Facebook for 69 Roadrunners. And then, uh, and then sort of going out and hunting owners, I would type in keyword 69 Roadrunner in my Facebook search bar, find anybody who was talking about them, and then ask them to join this page. And, you know, after a while, it became that I wasn't asking people, they were just coming in. And I was able to use a lot of those people who joined that page as a resource, whether they had knowledge or, you know, ownership or original cars. It was a great way to network and Facebook really is a is an amazing avenue for car people to connect as well. So yeah, that was uh, sort of my uh, aha moment with the 69 Roadrunner was that we created this series and, and I figured I could get all this stuff together through these people and write this book. And, and that's what we did. Very nice. I'm chuckling here because you mentioned editors. I just had a guest on the show, uh, J. Daniel Jones, who wrote his first book, an actual, it's a novel called Carality. And in talking with him, uh, we did chuckle about the uh, nice part of having a great, strong editor to support us so that we can do things right. So, uh, ah, I understand. I wish I had editor here. My only editor is the guy in the mirror. He's not very good either, but I don't pay him much, so it doesn't really matter. How about a broadest career moment? I would assume you've had many. You've written a couple books here, and you've done a lot of very cool things. What's your proudest moment? 
I think in general, just being able to tell stories through automotive book publishing. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it may not be just a singular moment. It's kind of a collection of them all, whether it's getting a Linda Vaughn book to print, uh, a Dick Landy book to print, Sox and Martin, um, or or something as, as unique as the Streamline Aluminum Trailers book we have coming out this fall. Being able to get a new product into the hobby and also into enthusiasts and collectors' hands so they can help either educate themselves or, you know, help with the restoration project. Just being able to take my ideas and turn them into art, uh, no different than a painter, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's a thrill. And we have a book coming out this fall on CarCraft, the, the Ford Skunk Works program. Things like that, I'm just, you know, it's amazing to connect with the people who worked at those facilities, you know, talk to the current owners of some of these cars. Just in general, bringing a book to fruition. I think that would be it. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of work. It's There's so much work behind it. And when it's done, it's kind of like giving birth. It's like, oh, that's over with. Thank <laughs> goodness. And now we got to start another one. You know, another book I'm going to uh, mention here is uh, you guys have a book it's called Iski about Ed Iskadarian. And a uh, wonderful book that I believe you guys published. Yeah, the Is- Iski book is a, it's a hot topic right now. It's been doing really well on Amazon and, and in the bookstores. It's been very well received. Well, I've talked with Ed, and he's going to be a guest here on Cars Year coming up pretty soon. So uh, along with Linda Vaughn, I've learned from the master you is a no is just the first maybe. So uh, I look forward to having uh, Ed. What an icon he is. I think he'll be the oldest guest ever on Cars Year. I believe he's about 95 years old. So uh, he'll eat, he'll beat uh, Bill Neal, artist who was 91 a few years ago on the show. So I look forward to that. Let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. I have, uh, you know, it's it's sort of the same, I guess, stepping stones process of, of most people. You have a first car. It's maybe uh, it's maybe not the fastest or coolest or or best looking car you've ever had. But I, I have a '74 Chevy Nova. I still own the car. It's, I've had it now 24 years. Wow. And then, yes. And then, uh, and then my 69 Roadrunner Roadrunner was sort of my first investment car, or at least, uh, a car that sort of was, uh, you know, really special, I guess. And that's, you know, the Nova is always going to be extremely special to me. It's my first car, but the 69 Roadrunner was sort of the welcome to the muscle car world. Yeah. And getting that car finally on the road when I was 23. Uh, after a, a restoration was uh, was amazing just to to be welcomed into that community yes. and uh, and really you know sort of become what I am in life. Well, you and I share something, Wes. My first car was a '67 Chevy Nova. Yeah, we both Nova guys. How we started our uh, our wheels to the pavement. So very very cool. Although I have to say, mine is long long gone. I had that when I lived was growing up down in uh, La Jolla, California. And actually, years later, after I got married, I was sitting in the traffic light with my wife, and I looked over and I went, "There's my first car," because it still mm-hmm. had the La Jolla High Vikings license plate on it and a surf sticker that I had on the side of the window. So I thought that was pretty wild. Well, Mark, it's, uh, you're telling me it's a lost muscle car then, aren't you? <laughs> well, it was hardly a muscle car. It was a four-door. It had the small engine. No, yeah. it wasn't really a muscle car. It was a little old lady's car. But you know what? It served me well until I could jump into my poor man's Porsche, which was my Carmen Ghia, my second car. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I thought it was just funny to run into that car again. 
Didn't look as good as when I sold it. The guy had not taken good care of it at all. Well, is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back, that uh, proverbial seller's remorse car? You uh, you had mentioned in my bio that I, I enjoy taking uh, my Roush Mustang to car shows in the summer, cruising, and it, it's actually my second Roush Mustang. Uh, when I was in my late 20s, it was one of those things where you're skimming the internet, you're really not looking for anything in particular, and something lands on your lap and on your screen and you just can't take your eyes off of it. It was a 2001 Roush Stage 3 convertible, a five-speed car, and I had not been looking for it. It found me and uh, I flew down to St. Louis and drove the car home. And it was one of those cars that I just wasn't going to be able to afford. I was, <laughs> it, it had a big balloon payment at the end. And uh, eventually after 18 months of ownership, I had to let it go. Yeah. Fast forward 10 years later, I'm uh, in a better, better position in my life. And I was able to buy uh, another 2001 Roush stage three, the same color, uh, this car an automatic. They're sister cars. They're both one of eight mineral gray stage three convertibles built in 2001. And uh, I still know where my other car was or is. And uh, maybe one day we can make them a pair. (laughs) There you go. go. That archaeology always at work. Yes. Very nice. Well, let's talk about current projects, things that you're working on right now that have you really excited and fired up. And is there another book in your near future? Right now, uh, currently I have... I believe 25 plates spinning here at CarTech. Oh, my God. By plates, <laughs> yeah, by plates spinning, we ha- I have 25 books contracted out to different authors, mm. all in various stages of, de- of development. One of them that I'm really excited about is we have a book that's coming out on Hubert Platt, you know, the, the Ford drag team racer from the 60s and early 70s. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with Hubert's son, Alan, on this book project. And we do have a, an author named Wayne DeWall an enthusiast and fan who's also a writer. Wayne's the author. Alan's contributing the artwork and the stories. And uh, now I'll be doing the editing. So we, you know, a, a history on the coolest Ford drag cars ever made, man. And Hubert Platt got to drive them. So yeah. I'm stoked about that book coming down the line. Wow. 25 books. Oh, my gosh. Talk, yeah, I envision that, that guy with all the plates on the sticks just going to spin it, spin it, spin it. Uh, you're running around like a crazy chicken, I see. Yeah, they do. They come and go. You know, you you get 365 days a year to work on them. Yeah. Uh, usually, I can invest about a week into a content edit and get it back to the author, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. But yeah, 25 plates spinning, and I'm you know currently trying to look for authors on other projects. And we're wrapping up books as we're doing it. So it's uh, you're in this continue continual flow of different stages, which is it keeps you it keeps you motivated, it keeps you fresh, and it uh, keeps you interested. Sounds very exciting. Congratulations! Now, if you were a car, Wes, what kind of car would you be, and why? I thought hard about this question. Good. You know, I, <laughs> I, trying to trying to take my life and my perspective of the hobby and, and apply it to this question. Um, you know, and I, I look at the 69 Roadrunner and I, I, I feel I resemble that car a little bit. I do so in, in the fact that I really am a bare bones kind of guy. And that's what 69 Roadrunners were meant to be. Bare bones, fast, get things done, and then have a lot of character. I'm a very passionate person with this hobby. I, again, I, I got Facebook pages. I'm on forums. I'm writing books. I'm just, you know, I'm out there a lot. And I think the Roadrunner was something that really just was in your face, ready to go. Let's have fun. 
but let's remember where we came to, from type thing. And, uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that car and I, it's, it's really became sort of a personality trait of mine, just the car. Yeah. I think you're the first roadrunner here on cars. Yeah. So it makes you very, very unique as well. So yeah. I like that, Wes. Very nice. Thanks for putting some thought to that. Well, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah. Sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-722. Plan, or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or twelve, or sixteen. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars. Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Okay, Wes, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners a very quick blips of the Roadrunner throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, to love the car, you know, <laughs> to to really appreciate what you drive. And every car is different. Uh, every car starts different. And, uh, and, and nowadays you get into a brand new car and, and everyone turns over the same. Well, not the case with these old cars. So basically, you know, the best advice I've ever received regarding that is just to love the car, love the hobby you're in, and uh, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success? Well, I think that it really goes back to know the first maybe. And um, I really feel as though that taking that mantra and, and using it to uh, overcome hurdles um, has been really the catalyst for, for what I'm doing today. So for my habit, you know, I guess it's not taking no for an answer. 
<laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm going to print that out, put that on my computer here when I, I'm calling around for sponsors to uh, help support me here on Cars. Yeah, <laughs> no is the first, maybe. I love it. Now about a resource, there's lots of great resources these days, but is there one in particular you'd like to share that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? And that would have to be car tech books. Of we course. publish rough, <laughs> yeah. We 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 publish roughly forty books a year and wow. they're uh they're on history, they're on mark you know, marketing, they're on how to performance projects, et cetera. I mean, we offer such a wide array uh of automotive titles. And this is good quality stuff. You're talking, you know, eight and a half by elevens, ten by ten hardcover books. Good stuff you can put on your shelves and be proud to have. So you know, Cartech's really been good to me, and uh, I like to be good to them back. Absolutely. I've got a whole stack of Cartech books here that have been sent to me by your publisher to review and read. Absolutely fantastic resources, all sorts of different cool things. And plus, not just cars, but the people, the Linda Vaughn book, the Isky book, and all the other ones. So Cartech, absolutely. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Well, I've had one with Linda Vaughn, and that's that's a <laughs> that's a feather in my cap. I'll bet. But probably the one automotive icon that I've I've talked to on the phone, I've I've communicated with sparsely is Bill Elliott. Oh, I've always been a, a huge Bill Elliott fan, and it my my love for Bill doesn't start with the Fords. Ironically, it starts with the Mopars when he switched to Dodge and and became Ray Evernham's number one driver. I remember sitting at a car show. There we are, back to the car show. <laughs> yes. And I was sitting next to a car club member who I, I said, what do you think about Bill Elliott coming back to Dodge? He looked at me and goes, Bill Elliott, he's washed up. I always had a little disdain for this gentleman, so it, it sort of became my, <laughs> Bill became my go-to driver. And uh, and over the years, I, I've collected a lot of Bill Elliott merchandise and, and memorabilia. I even named my son Elliot, and uh, nice. I've been able to interview Bill once with a NASCAR show, and uh, I'd love to. I'd love to sit down with Bill and, and chat about what it's like to go 212.809 around Talladega in 19 oh. in the 1980s. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't even imagine compared to the uh, safety elements that are built into race cars now. Those guys were wild, crazy guys. Wow! It's amazing. Yeah, I've. Every once in a while, you can catch on TV or on YouTube one of those old races from the 80s at Talladega. And just, I imagine those guys just held their whole <laughs> yeah. breath on the straightaway again because unbelievable what they could accomplish on those tracks. Back yes. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about a book. This is a tough one because of obviously the books we're talking about today are two books that you've penned, 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner in detail and Lost Muscle Cars. If you could pick maybe just one other book, and I know that's tough considering Cartech and all the many, many, many books, but is there one more I could maybe list here that you really enjoy? It's Carcraft. It's this book we have coming out in July. Uh, Carcraft, as, as I said earlier, was sort of the Skunk Works operation that created the GT40 racing program, mm -hmm. created the, the Trans Am Boss racing program. They were contributing to NASCAR racing programs as well with the Talladegas and Cyclone Spoilers. When we started on this project with CarCraft and, and author Charlie Henry, who was a former CarCraft employee, um, I had no idea we would end up chatting with the people who designed these cars, who raced these cars, who you know were the originators of it. We, we have Roy Lunn involved in the book. We have Charles Mountain involved in the book. These are guys who oversaw these projects and brought these cars to life and, and one Lamar and one Trans Am 
and won the NASCAR championship. So this book, which is coming out, and I suppose I, I should slap my hand real quick. They created the Boss 429 Mustangs. I mean, come on. Yeah. How amazing is that? And this book is coming out in July. We had over 10 former CarCraft staffers involved with this book project by submitting photos, telling stories, correcting errors in the book. Uh, it's it's going to be one of those books that will be on your shelf. And I think in five years or 10 years, it'll be a two or $300 book because the information is so valuable in it. It's all about getting the word out on these books. Yeah. It really is. And, and, and CarCraft has been sitting in the top five and 10 on Amazon in respective categories. And a copy hasn't even been sold yet. Wow. Um, that just, that just tells you that people are coming to the site, reading the review on the book, putting it on pre-order. Um, it's going to be a really, really good book and a slam dunk I, I'm hoping for. Cool. Can't wait to see it. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyacom slash Wes Eisenchenk. Wes's last name is E-I-S-E-N-S-C-H-E-N-K. And you can go to his show notes page and I'll have clicks and links to all these great things, including the cool books. I've got another great place on the Cars Yacht website called Guest Recommended Books, where these books and all the books recommended by the past 772 guests here on Cars Yacht are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a fantastic resource with nearly a thousand books there right now. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Wes, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, I'll buy you anything you'd like today. So don't worry about the cost. It's all on me. What would that be and why? Well, I think Larry Shinoda nailed it when he when he made the 69 Boss 302 Mustang. I, graphic, graphically and on that body style, I just don't think there's anything that, you know, there's cars that are that are in the discussion, but that car to me sits in the George Washington position on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> you know, you could only get them in a four-speed, and, and there's these high-revving 302 engines, and they only came in four colors, and there's just this list of criteria that just makes the Boss so special. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've always been a big 69 Boss 302 fan, and, and if you could get a, a Wimbledon white, a louvered car uh, in my garage, um, We'll do this all day, every day. <laughs> Very nice choice. Great, great choice for you. I love that car as well. Well, Wes, you've taken us on an awesome ride today. I really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Shout listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the roadway in that 69 Boss 302 in Wimbledon White with louvers, of course? <laughs> well, Mark, it's just that we, uh, we as hobbyists and, and I'm going to say the crowd 20 to, to, to 50 or so, let's say, uh, we need to pick up the hobby and keep it going on. Yeah. And we need to, we need to buy the, those project cars on Craigslist or on eBay. And we need to get our knuckles dirty. We need to skin up our knees a little bit and everything. And we need to fix these cars up. There's still so many car projects out there that are just waiting for the right person to to get started on it and it's an amazing way to connect with a family member uh, a friend a neighbor just enjoy the hobby be a part of it take a chance on a car you may regret it financially but you'll never regret it with the memories you make and the people you get to meet very well said and what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about car tech the publisher 
Well, there's a couple avenues. Cartech has, uh, you know, their online site, which is cartechbooks.com. Uh, again, if you're interested in, in my book, 69 Roadrunner in Detail and Lost Muscle Cars, I've developed Facebook pages for both. Uh, Lost Muscle Cars has around 4,500 followers and Roadrunner in Detail now is cresting about a thousand. So I'm on there. I'm ready, willing, and able to communicate with you, chat with you, answer questions, and uh, maybe help you find your old missing muscle car. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links for everything we've talked about today on Wes's show notes page on carsyeah.com. Just type Wes, W-E-S, in that search bar. He's the only Wes that's been on the show, so you don't even have to spell his last name, Eisenshank, to find him here. And all these things will pop up with quick, easy links. And again, two very fortunate Cars Yes subscribers are going to receive a copy of these great books, 69 Plymouth Roadrunner in Detail and Lost Muscle Cars. So go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler-up book. It's an ebook that is filled with fuel filler fun photos and nice captions from inspirational people. And your name will be in the hat. I'll draw that in a few days. Wes, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for donating these books and for sharing your experiences with the Car Shadow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, it's been a pleasure to be on your program. And, you know, guest 773, I wish you another 773 more interviews. And uh, uh, I look forward to coming back on your program again down the road. Absolutely. Thank you very much. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Dot com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!